0: Even here tonight that Brother Father so kindly tried to Prophecy. And I look on a few and I see just a disillusionment kind of just here. And here's the thing I'm like, Brother Fondo, I'm going to sweet as I can. Your kids will never come. They're never going to come. We're believing for them and I want to see them come. I'm preaching my guts out saying they're coming. But as long as you just kind of do this, there's, there's no that promise they're not going to come and you're going to see other people's kids come right on by it don't have to be but if I can just put on the whole armor of God and say God use what they just sang about if God said it what do you say we roll up our sleeves and fight for it and say God it's going to happen for me and my family my son filled with the Holy Ghost if you can say that with a passion in your spirit you hear me we won't be like the statistic that says we just plateaued out but we can move forward into what God has for us in growth and development and what God wants to do I believe God's got a great harvest for us in Indian Village and if you want to see that throw your hands as high as you can right now lift your voice Jesus, save my family. Let it come from your belly. Not because I'm asking you, but because you believe it. with some of the men afterwards and said we're joint heirs with Jesus and he used that scripture but here's another one he could have added in there Jesus is the head of all principalities and powers so if I'm a joint heir with Jesus that means I inherit what he gets that means I'm the head and not the tail what a beautiful message, my, my, my He stirred the heart of people I wish I could have talked Him into it And just stay stay a little bit longer And be with us again If the Lord's willing, I'd love for Him to come back again And, and uh, He was so anointed for, for us And I thank the Lord for that Song of Solomon, chapter 4 I'm not going to read all the verses before and after Because I don't want I just I want you to f- help me or we together focus on the one verse in verse 4. Verse 4, chapter 4, verse 4 of Solomon's song. Thy neck is like the tower of David, builded for an armory whereon there hang a thousand bucklers. That shields, all shields of mighty men. Solomon is making a comparison. I'll get to it in a moment, but the comparison he's speaking of is the neck. But he makes a reference in the Song of Solomon. That is, if you didn't, you get caught up in the previous verses and the ones after, you miss this one comparison. He said. The Tower of David was built for an armory wherein they've hanged their shields and bucklers of the mighty men. I want to preach tonight from this thought. Please go by the armory. Please go by the armory. you would, lift your hands and ask God, really help me pray. I need the Holy Ghost's help tonight. Jesus Help me to deliver your word like you've given it to me. Let it be profitable for all of us. Challenge us in the Holy Ghost. God, I know the human will, the carnal mind is subject to no law. The carnal mind is at enmity with you. So God, there's nothing I can say to arrest a carnal nature. But God, if somehow you could appeal to the Holy Ghost in somebody, it would pull on them. To realize the urgency of the moment and the hour, we ask it tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. David, really to understand this this text, and and then we'll bring it together with Solomon's song is what it's called. David really starts in, in 1 Samuel, probably around the 20th. 23rd somewhere in their chapter When he is on the run from Saul David leaves Abimelech the high priest He's really at the end of his rope He's at the end of what he thought was never going to come to pass David had the prophecies, he had the promises He had the dreams of what he was going to do Or what God told him he was going to do But David came to the end of that rope and the Bible says in the very first verse of that chapter, you can go find it, it says he went into the cave of Doolam. And there he's hiding out, but it says he has surrounded himself now with men that are indebted, discontented, and discouraged. Men that, that seemingly now has become the confidants of David he's lost all hope and sight of what he was to be he was the warrior on the backside by himself but now he's facing an enemy that he don't know how to beat and God allowed men to come to his side these are the mighty men of David they're not there yet they're not to the point in the place that they're called mighty They're just men that have surrounded him with all shapes of problems and troubles and and dissatisfactions in life. Let me help somebody from the very beginning of this message. There's nobody exempt from the problems of life. There's nobody that you and I can run off to a certain place that all our problems are going to go away. But if we can stay in the presence of God and stay in a position of prayer with God, those problems begin to pale in comparison because we understand who really holds tomorrow and holds my fate. David, in this place, That is not where he was supposed to be. God sent a prophet to him. David leaves Adullam or in this place he begins to build a fortress in Moab of his own devices. His own strategies, his own ability. But God sent a man of God and told him, David, you got to leave this place. And somewhere in the heart of David, he responded to the man of God, that prophet of God, Getting David to come to his senses to realize, David, you cannot stay there. There's a promise on you, but you're going to have to fight for that promise. There's something that God wants to do in you, David, but this is not the way it's going to happen. You cannot seclude yourself. You cannot isolate yourself. You cannot separate yourself. But you're going to have to pick up what you know is right and begin to follow after what God told you is yours and now the journey for David really begins because now he leaves and begins to fight and the scriptures one after another First Samuel ends Saul is done away with brother Fah- No. And now David comes front and center. Second Samuel, he's anointed by by Judah chapter 2, chapter 5. Now Israel comes and now David's finally in the place. And David keeps those men that were right there alongside with him the whole journey. The Bible begins to tell us in Second Samuel 23. It begins to list these mighty men by name. It caused one by the name of Eleazar. Eleazar was one that the Bible said he fought the Philistines and he fought them so intently, so passionately with every bit of fervor in his body that the Bible said his hand claved to that sword. That they had to pry his hands away from the sword because he was so adamant about wreaking havoc on the enemy. This is David's mighty man. This is the one that stands by him. Swinging a sword, fighting. Then there's Jehoshabim. Jehoshabim fought Philistines as well. And he fought 800 Philistines by himself with a spear. By himself, Brother Joe, with a spear. Don't let the devil tell you you're insignificant. Don't let the devil tell you you cannot do what you need to do to see the promises of God for what he has for you. If Jehoshaphat can beat 800 Philistines with the head of a spear, then you and I can take care of one spirit of doubt and one spirit of unbelief and one spirit of weariness. <laughs> Eliezer. Fought it with such passion. See what I find in these mighty men. Brother Fontenot. Is they were men of passion. They were men that were willing to fight for what they believed in sister Agnes they were willing to stand in the gap for somebody else that they didn't know somebody else that they did not have an acquaintance they stood in the gap for one reason because they trusted their leader David and if David said this is what we got to do for the sake of Israel then we're going to rise to the occasion pull out the sword and go to fighting for what matters to God you look at today sister debbie and there's no cleaving to the sword instead we let go of the word of god at the drop of a hat instead of turning to the word of god to fight the battle and learning it and we begin to quote it as our sword and I cling to it with everything that I have i push it aside and i'll pick up something else but i want the promise If I don't find the pattern of what these mighty men did, he clave and held on to it if you and i want to see our family saved somebody's gonna have to grab a hold of the word of god and not just on sunday night but you pick it up on sunday morning and you don't just do it as a norman vincent peel daily devotion i read it because i needed something but i read it because i want the word of god in me that when i get out on the world on wednesday and thursday and friday i've got the word of god moving in me that when the enemy comes at me like a flood i know the word when it says god's gonna raise up a standard it's not for me to fear but apathy has done set in on the church it's set in in the minds of God's people and a preacher gets a coronary, trying to shake and wake us up to realize you need to go by the armory one more time and pick it up because we've hung up our swords. We've hung up our spears. We've hung it all up on the side. See, it didn't end with just Eliezer. It didn't end with Jehoshabim who killed 800. Notice that both of those men were fighting the Philistines' flesh. What it's telling you and I is this, there's only one way that you and I are gonna beat the flesh. I've got to get a hold of the word of God and I've got to get a hold to it with a passion like I've never had it before. It cannot just be the preacher's memorization. It can't be just the local saint's memorization. It can't be just the Sunday school's memorization. But if you and I are going to see the revival that God has for us, I've got to pick up that sword with everything that I have and begin to swing it with a fervency. Shama, the third one. I love Shama. Philistines come against him, Brother Bushnell, over his pea patch. Shama, Brother Tyrone, was willing. See, because here's what the pea patch represented, Sister June the pea patch represented inheritance, it represented the perpetuation of his kids. It represented everything that he was going to pass on to his kids to sustain them. Let's bring it where we are, doctrine, worship, praise, fervent prayer in the spirit. If we want our next generation to pick it up, we better do something about the inheritance. And Shama, Brother Daryl, when they came after the pea patch, Shama said oh no, if you take this, you got to come through me to get it. And here's the word for him. He stood when everything else caved because of fear, discouragement, doubt, and unbelief. But Shama rose to the occasion, brother Daryl, and he began to declare, this land was given to me by God. I wonder what would happen if you and I would begin to declare, that son was given to me by God. I'll say it. I'll make it personal. I prayed for you. I said, God, I want a son. You gave me a daughter, and I thank God for it, and I wanted one of each. That way I can do (laughs) your disposable. Boo-you, I got him. Boo-you, I got him. But I prayed for a son. And when hell began to come into your life, and you begin to run encounters with things that didn't make any sense and you ran with people you shouldn't have went with and you ran and, and things were appealing to you i've been saying it over and i still say it god i've invested too much in him in prayer For hell to come in and mess up his head and make him believe another doctrine, make him believe something that's not true, I'll stand with hell with a water pistol. But you and I have got something greater than a water pistol. You've got the word of God. Fight for that son and daughter at whatever the cost. Fight for them. These are the mighty men that said, hell, you're not coming into my family. You're not coming into my home. Oh, it didn't end with them. What about Ben and Another one. He wasn't of the first three. You had three first captains. He's second string. But even in second string, Ben fought a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I don't know about you, but my last time I checked, I ain't had to cleave my hand from a sword. Last time I checked, I ain't killed 800 Philistines. I might have knocked some devils in the head, but I ain't killed no 800 Philistines. And I for sure ain't fought no line in no pit on a snowy day in Louisiana. But I tell you what I have fought, brother. I found myself in a pit. And I didn't know if I was coming out of my pit. And then to make matters worse, the enemy dropped a line in my pit And he began to tell me, your kids ain't never coming. Your family ain't never coming. Your church ain't never going to have revival. You ain't never going to see a breakthrough. You ain't never going to do this. And I began to fight in a pit. I was by myself at that moment, but you hear me. The fight rose up in me and said, "Uh uh-uh. My destiny says I'm coming out. My promise says I'm coming out. Come on, somebody. Does your promise say your son and daughter's coming? Then you've got everything you need to get out of the pit. got everything you need to get out of the pit Ben and I got out with a lion on a snowy day he didn't just have a pit and a lion he couldn't get no traction it don't end with him there's another one in there he fought 300 Philistines Abishai 300 Philistines this was David's men I don't know about brother Mike Smith but I tell you what, man, to have those kind of men fighting with me, woo First Jude 1 and 3, if you can find it real fast. First Jude 1 and 3, only one chapter, third verse. Can't be hard to find. He says something very specific in Jude 1 and 3 to the people. He says, I'm giving you a challenge. I need you to do something. And he starts with a very key word. Scroll up. It's there's something above what I can't see. Diligence. Diligence. He said, I'm coming to you with diligence. See, all these preachers ain't crazy when they come and try to shake you and I to realize, come on, keep believing. Come on, keep hoping. Come on, pick up your sword. Come on, do whatever you got to do. Folks, if you and I can't make it in this hour, we ain't going to make it in the hours to come. This thing is only going to get harder, and it's only going to get more challenging. But the beautiful thing is this. Great grace will I give my church where sin doth abound. There's going to be a great amount of grace that's going to come to you and I as long as I come to him with diligence. He said, I'm telling you, with all diligence, write unto you this common salvation. He was saying it ain't common because it's bland. He's saying it common means it's for everybody. And he said, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend. You know what contend means? Strive, fight, but here's the analogy it gives. In wrestling, And Jude is the apostate preacher, just like Peter was. He's trying to prepare him because if you read the next few verses, he said there's coming something down the road, and you and I need to be prepared. I've got to be willing to roll up my sleeves and fight for I'm not just saying doctrine. Doctrine will take care of itself. You and I ain't got to be the sheriff. It's going to do what it needs to be done. But I've got to fight for my family. I've got to fight for my church. I've got to fight in the Spirit for the things... Come on, brother. Whoever preached it, Calvary already purchased it. We're already victorious. I've just got to use what I got to claim. He said, "You better, you better fight for this. Contend for the faith." See, here's why. Let me break that down to where we are. Here's the struggle with many of the people that don't come, backsliders. Here's what's happened to them, Sister Claudia. They don't trust. That's it. It's real simple. They don't trust. They don't, first of all, we. this is a given, they don't trust God. God did not do what they wanted Him to do. God failed them in their mind. God, they don't trust Him. Now, where did that come from? Who knows? They got a bunch of different possibilities. It could have come from the family, the home. You know, they could have been sexually abused. I've, I read something just the other day uh, in, in, in a journal. It was talking about uh, when, when a young girl is sexually abused as a young girl. That everything with a man that, she, that, that comes to her, it's represented to her as, as th- there's, there's, there's a hidden agenda here. There's something wrong. And here's what happens. A seed begins planted in that, that, that young girl's mind against authority. Folks, this is the world we live in. This shouldn't be uncommon. There are going to be people coming through our back doors. They've been sexually abused. The struggle is trying to get them to understand you can trust Jesus again. He's not like everybody else. He ain't never going to hurt you. He ain't never going to fail you. And if they get their minds all twisted against authority, then they can't trust God. They can't trust the man of God. They can't trust the word of God. It goes the same way with the young boys. You give me a young boy... That his mama's domineering, and and, and he sees in that home where that woman demasculated that man in that home. That boy's gonna raise up. If it, it intervened by God, he's raised up now hating women. And he goes to the other. Lack of trust. Because something was turned in that home. Something was turned. The image was messed up. But I feel in the Holy Ghost so strong. A prophetic utterance in this end time. That where that harvest is messed up in their mind. They're messed up in their thinking. They're messed up by things that have happened to them as a child. There's a God of Israel. And there's a church that's going to stand in the gap. That's going to show them you can trust again. You can believe again. You can love again. We've got to contend for this and believe it with everything that we have in prayer. These mighty men of David, they were the ones that won the battles. They won the wars. And David's coming to a close. First, Second Samuel chapter 23. It's the last words of David. And David lists all the mighty men. And that's the end, Brother Roger. I gave you the backdrop tonight, Now here's the message. Solomon comes up, Brother Bushnell, and Solomon had 700 wives. Whoo! Whoo! Thank God for one! One God, one wife. And I know the wives say, one husband. Gotta slip that in. I won't get no roast tomorrow. <laughs> but here's the picture Solomon now is not walking like his daddy. Solomon is not following. Those mighty men are now fracturing, fracked, that they're breaking apart. And the army that won such great victories and mighty men that taught the next generation how to be passionate. Now beginning to wane And the next generation's coming up And it has one thing On it's mind Pleasure There's a reason I didn't Read Solomon the first few Verses because here's Solomon's His, his writing is Comparing these things To a woman Pleasure and I know the symboli- Symbolism and the, the bride And I, I, I get all of that But Solomon's mind was so filled with pleasure and David's mind was so filled with the kingdom of God that now we have one verse slipped in, Song of Solomon, verse 4, chapter 4. And he says, thy neck. He's comparing the anatomy to some old memory. Somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost. I'm already almost done. He's referring to the memory of what he saw his daddy. There's an armory. There's a strong tower that many mighty men would put their weapons in when it was time for war. They pulled them out and they rushed out the door to battle. But Solomon's writing a different story. He writes it now. They're hanging there and nobody's picking them up nobody's picking up the sword nobody's picking up the shield nobody's it's just hanging he makes just a passing reference to the armory that once was so active with let me bring it down where we are where we were so active in prayer in, in, as a prayer warrior we were so active in our prayer room we were so active in our worship under God we were so active in our praise But the armor of praise has just kind of been hung. Don't do that. That's emotionalism, Brother Darrell. Brother Darrell, don't pray like that in the prayer room. That's just emotionalism. And here's what God's saying for you and I in Indian Village. We need to go by the armory one more time. And we need to pick up some of the swords and the shields and some of the things that these almighty men had. Because if they... What was the thing that God brother Billy Cole through what he got through? He was determined. Somebody needs to pick up the sword of determination. What about old brother Kilgore? What was the weapon he used? Sacrifice. I need to pick up the, the weapon of sacrifice and I've got to walk with it and it's got to become a part of me. What about the weapon that Brother T.W. Barnes used, the weapon of prayer? If we don't pick it up, the next generation, they're going to be writing stories about the armory of what used to be of the mighty people of Indian Village. I don't know about you, but not on my watch. It ain't going to be going down on my watch, Brother Bushnell's watch, or this church's watch, that we're just going to be an entity that's going to take up time. Oh, I feel a little resistance right now. Don't make me plow down on and deal with that spirit of perversion right now. I'm trying to be kind. God's wanting to move in our families. God's wanting to move in our life. And if we'll pick up that sword. It don't like this. Because here's what it does, Brother Mike. It makes me do something that I don't want to do. And our harvest is predicated on me saying here tonight, please, please go by the armory and pick it up. Please. What are you saying, in Benoit, Brother Barnes was known for his prayer. But here it is, a fervent, effectual prayer. Everything I read in Scripture, Brother Mike, is a fervent prayer. They made prayer through the night fervent and effectual. And when they did, Peter got broke out of prison. Paul sang praises at midnight. There's something about when you and I begin to declare it, just like Shama did, just like Benaniah did, just like Eliezer did, just like those men that when they grabbed a hold of it, they said, I cannot stop until I see Billy walk through that back door. I cannot stop until I see my family walk in that back door. I'm going to praise him until I sweat down my shirt. I'm gonna. I want heaven to know I'm serious and I'm passionate about living for Him. But Solomon, he had men to pattern it from, brother Joe, but he never did it. What, what a sad thing is me to have brother, I got brother T.W. Barnes, brother Langley, I got brother T.W. Barnes, prayer, he would go in the mountains of Hot Springs, Arkansas by himself and there he built an altar. Of rock unhued stone he built an altar there no one ever knew where it was except one person when he passed away that one person told another person where it was and these on and so forth and we they asked for permission can we go went up there the altar had fallen down he obviously had not been there but you could tell where it was and they brought home brother Bushnell a rock from that altar gave me one they brought a rock. there ain't no power in the rock brother Langley there ain't no power brother Bushnell that rock can't pray for me that rock can't do nothing for me but i tell you one thing that it does do for me when I'm walking in that prayer room I begin to remember the weapons of brother Barnes and all the great things that God used him and did with him I'm not wanting to be brother Barnes but I'd love to see lost souls saved in the kingdom of God through the prayers of men and women in this church I'd love to see the salvation to come to the most gross immoral. It don't matter how far they've gone. God can save them if you and I can pray it. Right. Sacrifice. Commitment. Giving. This church was built by giving. 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 I could use you Brother Bush now. You're one of those weapons. Giving. I can't stop giving. Because everything that you did. Broke through that we could have what we had tonight. The liberty we feel, the things that we feel, what we're experiencing here, and what God's doing in this service tonight, he's calling people. He's rallying the troops. I don't care how old you are, he's calling you, Brother Bushnell. He's calling you, Michelle. He's calling you, Jacob. He's calling you, Brother Charlie. He's calling you, Sister Sandra. He's calling you, Brother Langley. It don't matter how old you are. If you and I have got breath in our body, then you and I can go. Stand with me. God very clearly this morning gave us such a word. We've got it. Revelation. And then tonight, I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. There, there, there was evangelists I could have called. Matter of fact, talked to one two days ago. Could have had him in here tonight. And I just felt like I, I needed to be. I needed to do this. Because it's, it goes right along with what Brother Weber said. And the message is, please go by the armory. Please don't let. You know, that, I want it to be taught, Brother Roger. And, and I'm going to do everything I can to teach it. The giving. The prayer. The praise. The worship. Unity in a family. Proper order in a family. The son, uh, there's never enough time. With all there is to teach, but as one thing is true, if we'll just follow the pattern of what they did, and I'm not on doctrine tonight, I'm on just the walk that they had, just the walk. Loving God when you don't feel like Him. Praising Him when you don't feel like Brother Daryl. man we were born holy rolling. I thank God we got some rollers in the church. I thank God we got some runners in the church. That's apostolic praise. You say well meanwhile there's nobody. Listen, I'm going to come teach praise. And when I do, when we get done, there won't be no excuse. Because there, no, there ain't none now. But I'm trying to pull in. Why? Because somebody's soul is contingent on you picking up that sword and warring in the spirit. And I'm with everything I can, with pastoral authority, evangelistic authority, everything I got, to try to just plead and say, please please go by the armory when's the last time you warred in the spirit and talked in tongues please go by the armory you got a weapon but if we don't use it it ain't never gonna bring them to the house of God it ain't never gonna do it my preaching ain't gonna folks we've done proven that they've sat here and didn't move and I preached my guts out That's the best I got. It don't get no better. So the Holy Ghost is telling me, okay, Benoit, you did everything you can do. Now, tell them to go by the armory. And the greatest victory you're ever going to see is when you go in the spirit and begin to pray with Calvary behind you that's already purchased your victory. And the next Sunday morning, so and so's going to walk in that back door. Little Bobby going to walk in that back door. And they're not just going to walk in the back door. They're going to make their way to an altar. And God's going to forgive them. And God's going to fill them. Does anybody want to go by the armory? Here's what I'm going to ask tonight. I love every one of you. I told you this is home now. I ain't going nowhere. So you might as well get with it or get, get on it or I'm going to get on it. But here's what I'm going to ask. I don't want you to come to this altar today, tonight like this. Are you walking so slow I got to check your pulse? I want you to only respond if you feel in faith the word of God that went forth tonight. If you can't respond by faith, stay in that pew because I don't want a dead head up in this altar. They already coming. I'm telling you, this year I'm believing for some backsliders coming home. You've invested the seed. You prayed over them. It's time for the backsider to come home. Oh, it's moving in here right now. I'm telling you, our sons and daughters are coming. That backslidden sons coming, and hell can't keep them. Hell can't keep them. I don't care where they are in sin. They're coming. Hang on. Listen to me. Listen to me. Here's what I want you to settle tonight. I want you to settle. I see it on some of you, you're so condemned by your mistake. Mistake with your kids, mistake in the church, I don't know, you're just, I see condemnation on some of you, and you hear me, God can fix whatever you messed up. And quit blaming yourself, ask God to forgive you and stop, that's it, it's over. I shouldn't have done it. I did it. You know how many I did it. I've told God, Brother Bushnell. My God, Brother Butch, it happened today. I did it. I did it. Yes, I did, God. But I know He's just and faithful, and He'll forgive me. So what I'm going to ask you to do tonight? Ain't none of us perfect, but we're forgiven if we ask Him. I want us right now to throw our hands up before they sing. And tonight, that old condemnation is going to lift off of some of you. You failed. You feel as a parent. No, you didn't. You gave them a good home. You did the best you could. God, right now, forgive me, God. Wash me in your blood. Forgive me of things I could have done, should have done, and didn't do. God, I'm sorry, but I'm going to make it better tonight. I'm going to start tonight and I'm going to pick up a sword. Now I asked him, I said, I want y'all to sing an old song tonight because there's something about them old songs, Brother Butch. I like all the new ones and I can worship to and I'm going to worship to the new ones because I'm doing it unto the Lord. Unless somebody starts screaming, it hurts my ear outside of hand, I'm going right to the door. But some about that old song, Brother Bush said, that when them old songs begin to get going, it reminds me of some of the old victories that we had way back then. And those old victories weren't just for them. Those old victories are for tonight. I want them to sing that song, and I want us to lift our hands all across this building tonight, and let's declare victory, victory. How oh, we already purchased. Jesus Was that wonderful name of oh, Jesus? If it has stand for the name not a week of sacrifice, but somewhere in this week, I want you to ask God, God, show me, what weapon is it? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's 10, 10 and about verse 3, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, the weapons, pull. the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. I want you to ask God this week, God. What's the weapon I possess that I don't even know I got? I know we got Calvary, we got the Spirit. But what is it about you? God's made every one of us different. And you may have something in you, determination, that I don't have. Courage that I don't have. An element of faith that I don't have. Whatever it is you got, it's your weapon that God is cultivating to use for your family. Ask Him this week, God. What's my weapon? Fervent prayer? Fervent praise? Fervent worship? I don't know, but I really feel in the Holy Ghost And this week, if you and I will ask God, God's going to show us. And he's not just going to show us. He's going to let us put it to use in our daily prayer. And we're going to see some victories in the weeks to come. If you're ready and you'll do that, throw your hands up one more time. Jesus by the authority of the name of Jesus tonight. Speak to the hearts of all of us this week. Speak to our heart, our mind. Show us the weapons. Show us what we have and possess that we can